This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Library of Congress has chosen an academic librarian to come to Washington to head up its Research and Reference Services Division. I was wondering what this job does and why it matters, and I thought you would too. So let's welcome that new chief, Dennis Clark. Mr. Clark, good to have you on. Thank you very much, Tom. Great to be here. And you do come from Arkansas, but you have had experience in and around the D.C. area. Just give us a quick recap. Yeah, that's right. I was over public services at both the libraries at VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University, and at the University of Virginia for about 10 years. But most directly, I was at Dean of Libraries at the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville. All right. So now you're going to be in old D.C. as the Chief of Research and the Reference Services Division at the LOC. What is that job all about? It's a great question. I think the Library of Congress is this terrific organization that has lots of good feeling about it, but sometimes people don't really understand what it is the Library of Congress does, and if the Library of Congress is even for anybody but Congress. And so the answer to that is yes. I mean, I think statutorily, the Library of Congress is literally Congress's library, but we also have a mission to provide the nation the finest possible research, the finest possible collections that are found anywhere. And as such, we are the world's largest library. My position, which is chief of the Research and Reference Services Division, is fundamentally basically the first stop for Congress and researchers to come to find information that they need for whatever legislation, for instance, members are working through, or whatever deep scholarly connections that anybody needs to our collections. The cool thing about the Library of Congress is, although, yes, we are Congress's library, we are also the library of last resort for almost the entire globe. So we have resources and collections that are just not found anywhere else. My job is to try to make that conduit from the researcher to the collection. All right. And when you say researchers can also come to use the services and the collections that you oversee, what does that mean besides members of Congress and staff? Can academic researchers, can people from the public go in there? Yes. Anybody who is 16 years or older can use the collections of the Library of Congress. That's something I don't think everybody realizes. And what Dr. Hayden, the Library of Congress, is trying to do is to make sure that everybody knows that. Everybody understands that the Library of Congress is really the nation's library. And so anybody who's 16 years or older can come and use the collections of the Library of Congress if they have a need to do so. And that typically, as you can imagine, are people that are working on fairly deep questions of research or they're trying to get access to collections for scholarship, or maybe they're writing a book, maybe they're writing a play, maybe they're engaged in dissertation. Those are often who we see. But we also have deep resources in local genealogy for the D.C. area, for the Delmarva, the whole area in in the Mid-Atlantic, and also connections to genealogy nationally and internationally, local history. We see a lot of high school kids coming and using our collections and basically being wowed by what they have access to. And it kind of sets them on a different path, maybe in their own uh, schoolwork. And suppose I have a need for research on, I'll pick a topic that probably there's a lot of resources on, the history of intellectual property and how it's treated by the federal government. That's a hot topic. And I want to use the Research and Reference Services Division what do I do? It's not like you can go into the county library and walk in and there's stacks of books and tables and so forth. You can't do that right now because of the restrictions on COVID, but you will be able to do that when we're open and taking visitors. Anybody with an ID can walk in, get a reader's pass, 
and begin using the collections immediately. Currently, obviously, the libraries are closed to visitors, unfortunately, but we do have a robust, what we call an Ask a Librarian service, where anybody locally, nationally, internationally can ask the questions and our reference librarians will take that question and try to research it for them as deeply as they can through email or through chat. And we do that all day long, five days a week, but we're engaged in responding to reference questions, reference queries, research questions all day long from around the globe. But in ordinary times, a person could walk into a Library of Congress building and do that for themselves. Absolutely. First step is to make sure you have a photo ID and come into the Jefferson building, and we will be able to set you up with what's called a reader's card or reader's pass. And then you can use one of the 20 different reading rooms, depending on your subject of interest or what you're trying to find more information about. We're speaking with Dennis Clark. He's chief of the Research and Reference Services Division at the Library of Congress. And what do people encounter? Is it almost all digital online on a screen, or do people still avail themselves of printed books and physical manuscripts? Yeah, that's a terrific question. So the Library of Congress collections are obviously vast and deep. There's more than... I have a hard time as as a fairly new person at the library to be able to put the right number on it, but there's more than 167 million individual items in the Library of Congress. And so the vast majority of those are still in print. They were published in print, they remain in print, and we have the ability to make sure those collections are brought from any number of our facilities to the researcher when they have that need. A significant program of the Library of Congress is to digitize as much of our collection as possible. So it's not just available to those who are able to come to D.C. to get a reader's card and to sit in our reading rooms, but it's available globally. It's available to everybody in the country and around the world. And so that process will take a longer period of time than I can possibly fathom, certainly well beyond my lifetime. But that is ultimately the mission of the library is to digitize as much of its collection as possible. In the meantime, we serve both our digital collections as well as our print collections and the expertise, and this is so important, the expertise of the people who work at the Library of Congress, the reference librarians, the staff who know how to navigate that complex milieu of resources in order to connect the researcher or the question with the collection or a a research resource. Right. And we should also point out that a great deal of the collection of the Library of Congress is audio recordings, film, and imagery, too. So a lot of that's been digitized so that you can call it up easily, too, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Those things that are so evocative, the visual is something that I know is a major part of what we're doing. We're digitizing things in the prints and photographs division. We're digitizing audio and those things that are in copyright. We're trying to make sure those are available as much as possible. And we have priorities. The library has established priorities of digitization, and they're following that and trying to put more resources into that uh, every day. And by the time they're done, All the formats will be obsolete, and they'll have to do it all over again. But that's a story for another 25 years from now. And that's why we are so excited to keep the original print versions as long as we possibly can, because the analog, the paper, the print is so important when you look at long-term preservation strategies. And what's the big thing nowadays in library management and library science? I mean, a number of years ago, it was the digitization of the reference finding materials and libraries Mm -hmm. chucked these vast card catalogs that they had, which some saw as a tragedy, but it happened anyhow. What's the next big thing in library science and library management? Well, I I think for the Library of Congress, the next big thing is really going beyond our uh, 
historical mandates of being the Library of Congress and to collect all of this material uh, in a very active way and to try to connect the library and its material to users anywhere in the country and around the world. Connect with the K-12 environment, try to connect with students and scholars as they're coming up. So they see the library as part of what they can have access to and what they can do. It's a very different take under Dr. Hayden in terms of thinking about the library as a national library versus simply this resource that is for a privileged few beyond the members of Congress that can actually come into the library and use the collections. But how do we get those collections out nationally? And I think that is really where the focus uh, is going to be over the next, oh gosh, decades probably. In some ways, the Library of Congress strategy is similar to that of the Smithsonian. Do you know of any collaboration among the two, just in terms of the strategies and technologies for getting that done? Well, again, I'm, I'm, I'm new here, so <laughs> I'm not true. sure about all of the connections between the different institutions throughout D.C., the different federal cultural heritage institutions. But I do know that is a major focus of what we try to do is find those collaborations. There is a recent bit of news that the library has received a $15 million grant from the Mellon Foundation to connect more deeply with communities, communities of color in particular, throughout the nation. So a lot of what we're trying to do is to connect what we do with what other cultural heritage organizations are already doing. So we're not all reinventing the wheel. We're not duplicating everybody's effort, but we're trying to find what we do well and connect it to what other kinds of organizations do well. Dennis Clark is Chief of the Research and Reference Services Division at the Library of Congress. Thanks so much for joining me. Such a pleasure, Tom. Thank you so much for having me. We'll post this interview plus a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, Think twice before sending money through an app or online. 